so that you can't say that uh, I didn't. Uh, you, I mean, you know what I was talking today about being thankful uh, in, that, in the process. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, I'm not quite finished there. I don't, I, I, there's a lot of stuff in that passage. But uh, being thankful, uh, I mean, there's about a million things to be thankful for. But uh, we normally have specials two or three at a time. And, and, uh, and I'll, I can joke with Elizabeth or whoever's putting all the specials together. And then a sickness goes through your church and, and all the people that sing uh, get knocked out. And you realize how precious that it actually is. And look at all the time that you've had what you had, and the Lord takes it away. And instead of getting upset, there was an old guy one time, had, he was walking down the streets in, in some big city. I forget the name of the city, but he was walking down, and he heard this sound, and it sounded like an angel singing. And, and uh, he, the crowd, everybody's standing up all over the place walking. And, and he goes through the crowd in the big, busy street, trying to find out. And he, he finds this guy in a wheelchair with no legs, and he's shouting and screaming at the top of his voice. And he goes, sir, he goes, why, why are you so excited about uh, what you're doing? How can you sing like that? He goes, you know, once I got over losing my legs, I realized how much was left, and I was thanking God for it. <laughs> you know what's wrong with most of us is we, we contemplate or we stay on or, or, or deal with what we've lost instead of letting the loss go and say, okay, what is left here now? What have I got to play with? And let me go from there. And he just started singing. He said it sounded like an angel across those streets. Uh, and sometimes you sit there and say, well, Lord, thank you for letting us have singers. Uh, I can, and, and y'all can say, well, thank you too, because we get out of here a few minutes earlier. <laughs> First Corinthians, or First uh, Thessalonians 15. Uh, turn over to First Corinthians uh, chapter 2 real quick before you go there. <clears throat> I'm going to get into just a couple things in First Corinthians, or First Thessalonians. Uh, and there's some prerequisites to what Paul is talking here. Paul wrote First, uh, First Corinthians 2, First Corinthians chapter 2. I just like, Paul's just, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the hearts of man the things that God had prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth, uh, for what... Man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man. So man can know some things, uh, and, and you can go to college and get all kinds of things, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God, which is of God, which we might uh, know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak not in the words of man's wisdom teaching, uh, wisdom teaching but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is, is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. I pray that you bless the, the message here for just a few minutes. And Lord, uh, thank you for letting us come to church. Thank you, Lord, for... Uh, all the specials that we've had over the years, Lord, uh, a night like tonight will just make that more precious. Uh, Lord, I pray that you heal everybody up. Uh, I do pray for the, the Roberts family, Lord, that you comfort them. And uh, Lord, I think of Brother Levi, he's, got, he's sick, and uh, we got some of our families at home sick. And uh, I just pray that you'd continue to work in their lives. Uh, uh, Brother Joe Harris has got COVID, Lord, and, and uh, Sandy Bachman uh, was tested positive for COVID. And and, Lord, I just pray for all the rest of them, Lord, that are sick, that you just heal them up quickly, uh, get them back, and thank you for our little church, Father. And we'll praise you on in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul is sitting here talking about uh, some things, and we're going to get into first, go back over to First Thessalonians. But while he's talking here in verse 9 in, in Thess, uh, Corinthians, uh, he says, but it is written, I have not seen nor heard. There's things that you cannot know unless God shows you. You just cannot know them. And uh, the world doesn't see some of the things that you see. Uh, the strangest thing I've ever seen was a Christian trying to talk to the world, somebody in the world, like they understand the, the world is at enmity with you, and you are at enmity with the world. You may not think that, but you are. You're diametrically opposed. They do. Once you get saved, something comes in this little head of yours and your heart that they don't have, and, and your reasoning and your thinking and your vision changes, and theirs never changed. He goes, I had not seen, nor ear heard, nor neither entered the hearts of men, the things that God had prepared for them that love him. There, you could never, I loved that verse for a long, long time. I still love it. Uh, I said, Lord, you know, if I sit down for the rest of my life and just sit here, if I could sit, 
I said, you know every star by name. Every star in the sky, you know by name. The stars I can't see, you know by name. You place them there, every single one of them. There's nothing hid to you. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither in the heart of man, the things that God had prepared for them. You know, he's got some things prepared for you. If you love him, he said, I got some things prepared. He said, but God had revealed them unto us by his spirit. That is one of the strangest little things when you see it. It's the Holy Spirit reveals to you what it isn't this. I know a lot of people who can quote this thing forward and backwards, and they're just as wicked as the devil. I mean, they got great minds. A great mind. Have you ever seen somebody with a great mind do stuff? I mean, I used to know guys, especially in the field I was in, I mean, they had great minds. They could see stuff when it comes to electronics. They're not dummies by any means. But boy, when it comes to the Word of God, they looked at you like, you're crazy, man. I'm like, no. I said, this ain't crazy. This is real stuff. It's just as real as a Cisco router sitting there and all the data going through it. And, and it's just as real as the Internet is to you. To me, this Bible is just as real. It's realer, actually. You sit there looking and said, why? Well, the Spirit of God's revealed something to me. And if you realize that, what you, what you need to stop and think is that, hey, he has given me some sight that he hasn't given other people. He goes on and says, but God had revealed them to us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. And he goes down the bottom here, uh, verse 13, he says, which things also we speak, not in the words which, which man's wisdom teacheth. That's your universities. That's your college. Uh, that's going out there, and they're telling you how to do finances. And everybody says, I listen to Dave Ramsey. Well, Dave Ramsey's a smart man. I, I mean, he got $200 million. Uh, he's, got, he's not a stupid man by any means. Uh, and he is Christian. He says he's saved. I, I think he does. At least I think I heard him say that a couple times. Uh, and in that case, I mean, the guy's got some wisdom on what he's doing. But he, he definitely will tell you where the thing falls off, and the worldly wisdom goes off to the side, and the spiritual wisdom comes in. You have to listen to people sometime. And get to the place where it is a spiritual wisdom, not a worldly wisdom. The worldly wisdom is looking for this, this. We got to gain, 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 gain. And that's a worldly wisdom. I hate, I hate, I hate investing. I hate doing a lot of stuff. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying none of that. I'm just saying I just know that when I take a buck from somebody, it came out of somebody's pocket. That how I get that dollar matters to me. Because when I get that dollar, it, that dollar came from somebody. And if I get it the wrong way, God's going to hold me accountable. So then we want the Holy Spirit to talk to us and teach us. But then when it really comes down to it, do we want to do what he would, 1 Thessalonians. Do we really want to do what the Holy Spirit says? You've got to get the Spirit of God in your life. It has to be there. Uh, it's a great. 13. We looked at that 13. Uh, 5.13. And he sits there and starts saying, he says, and esteem them highly in, the, in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. That's, we stopped there today. That's, that's the hardest thing you learn. Be at peace. Have you ever hated somebody or just disliked them immensely? That's a better word. I'll just dislike people immensely. Uh, sometimes, you know, the Bible says be at peace with them. Be at peace. Verse 14, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. There's people that's going to try to destroy everything. They're disobedient. They're going to try to destroy. They're not part of the body of Christ. They, they never join the body. You have to. I had a, a preacher. I was talking to him recently, and, and he said, Mike, a sheep, a sheep has to want to be shepherd, shepherded. They have to want that. And if they don't want that, you can't shepherd them if you want to. They have got to want that. And a sheep, you know, I've had people call me up and say, hey, Mike, can you come and help me do this? And I'll go help them do it. Uh, it's not a shepherd's, I'll just let y'all know that, uh, as far as me. It's not for a shepherd, me, to come and knock on your door and see what I can do for you. If you need me, call me. I joke all the time that I won't answer. I will answer, maybe. <laughs> and if not, get a hold of Mike or Jerry or George, and they'll get a hold of me. Get a hold of Beth. She'll get a hold of me. Uh, but I will answer. I will answer if I can. But I will come and help you. I've never turned anybody down from not coming to help but so many people think that a shepherd's job is to run around all over the place and just take care of everybody's problem. That's not a shepherd's job. That, that is somebody else. Disobedient sheep will cause trouble in a flock. They will always do that. They just do that. And you got to watch out for them. But, you know, you got to still love them. you got to insist. That little verse up here, and be at peace among yourselves. I'm like, Lord, how do you do that? He said, you got to trust me. Because we're going to get to a thing down there in a few minutes, and we're going to look at it. And if... If you can't do all these things, your prayer life is going to be hindered. 
you're not going to get through to him. It won't happen. Jesus Christ said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden. He said, come unto me. He's the one that's going to be able to do it, not you. Uh, and learning that, you know every great missionary that you've ever seen or ever read about, uh, every great evangelist had one thing going for them. They were great prayer warriors. Great prayer warriors. And they knew how to pray, and they knew how to get a hold of God. Uh, I've heard Dr. Peacock talk about the Utleys, Brother Utley and his wife. Uh, he actually, I went down to Brother Utley's church one time, and, and uh, Brother Peacock, Dr. Peacock took me up on the side of a mountain, and he goes, I want to show you, because you always hear him preach all over the place. He'll mention Mrs. Utley, a prayer warrior. He took me up on the side of a mountain, and there was a place that that lady went up by herself up in those woods and got down on her knees and prayed, and prayed, and prayed, and prayed, and prayed. He said, if you ever ask that lady to pray for you, she was going to pray for you right then and there. And he said, it's almost like her walking into the throne room immediately. It's like she had access, or she was already there. He said, I asked her to pray for me one time, and and uh, and immediately, and I mean, I've heard him say this a dozen times. And he said she put his arm around him and just started praying right in the middle of church. And he goes, and I was in a manly church with masculinity all over the place. And she's, oh God! And I'm, he's he's like, I feel like that big. You know, when somebody gets a hold of God, that's exactly what they do. But there's preparation in that for her. There was preparation that she did. She warns them that unruly. You can't be disobedient. You got to be part. You need to settle. I've always, every time I've joined a church uh, or become part of a church, uh, I place myself under the pastor of that church. And I knew uh, there was one church I left and I had to leave and I knew I was going to go. The Lord was telling me to go. I said, Lord, I can't leave. And I said, unless this man tells me to leave, I can't leave. And he's not going to tell me to leave because he's mad at me. I said, how is he going to tell me to leave and go to Bible college when I know he's mad at me? And I'm on my knees praying, and, oh, God, what do I do? Oh, God, I don't understand what to do. And the phone rings, and it's his wife. And after a while, I pick the phone up, and, and uh, I hear it. I'm like, don't you understand? I'm praying right now, trying to get through to God. And she goes, Mike, he's mad at you. Oh, is he so mad at you? I said, yeah, I know. I'm going to go up here and talk to him right now. And we went up and talked, and he gets all red in the face and mad, yelling and screaming at me and hollering. I say, hey, whoa, 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 let's pray first. And we get down and start praying for a second or two, and I look up, and, oh, it's just like two angels. No, he was still mad at me. And he was still yelling, ready to yell and scream at me. His little face just as red as it could be. Uh, that prayer didn't do one thing for him, but it did for me. And, and he looked at me and said, ah, you know what you need to do? You need to go to Bible college. You need to leave, and leave here and go to Bible college. You need to go down to PBI. That's what you need to do. And I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? You know where it came from? On my knees out there at the house, praying, asking God what to do. Hey, I put myself under this man, and I said, I don't care if the man hates me. I said, Lord, you still have to move me from this place. It has to be you, not me. Because I know in the flesh, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. In my flesh, I will do what I want to do. But if there are some stipulations in my life that I know the Holy Spirit will guide and direct me all the way through there, then I know I can trust in the Bible. I don't want to ever be disobedient. It's a comfort the feeble-minded. That is indicating weakness in the mind. That's like most of us. That's me. <laughs> Lacking mental strength. You know, there's a lot of feeble-minded people. Uh, they're just feeble-minded. He says, you got to love them. He says, be patient. And he says, now we exhort you, brethren, verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. There, I mean, you're talking about some spiritual high ground right there. All of a sudden, it's comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Kids are weak. Older people are weak. Anybody that's dependent needs help. Uh, they're weak. you got to help them until they get to the place where they can stand on their own two feet. And sometimes they never can. Joseph needs some help. He's moving into his apartment. You know what we need to do is support him. Maybe not Monday afternoon. Maybe Tuesday. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what we can do. But we got a trailer, by the way, with some stuff in it for him over at my house. Hooked up to the van. So uh, we could take it over there and, and we could download that. And we might be able to do that tomorrow. Uh, I'm getting under conviction here, so uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. I'm sorry. See, that's the way the Holy Spirit works. See, all of a sudden, he starts putting you under conviction. The next thing you know, you old rats. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, they've been living in the apartment back here for how long? A month. Yeah, too long. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get him out so we can get somebody else in. No, but I'm telling you what, he's excited about it. And, and the Lord's working some things out, and he says, you got to help people some. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. That's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. You know, patience is, people are just different than you and me. They're different than me, I know that. 
And uh, sometimes we want them to be in a spot that they're just not, they're not there, and maybe they never will get there. And maybe the Lord hasn't run them through or put them through what, what he's put us through to get us where we're at. And we get frustrated. I've heard preacher after preacher complain about people in their churches being frustrated because they're just not where they should be. Well, actually, none of y'all are supposed to be where I think you should be anyways. You should be where the Lord wants you. If you ever get to the place where God wants you, the Lord Jesus Christ wants you, it's the Holy Spirit guiding and directing your life. And what more could I ask for than that? My job isn't to call you. I can't call you to the ministry. I have no way of calling you. But the Lord can do that if you let him. He can do anything. Those that are different, man, I was on a, what do you do with them? I mean, it's still America. They're free. I was on a corner one time, and all the was out there street preaching, this faggot, this homosexual, uh, came up on the side of the, the thing, was preaching, right, uh, had a little sign, honk for if you love gays or something like that. And I, I go down there and scoop myself in between him and all the ladies and, and sitting there talking to him, and he has every right to be out on that street corner just like we are. I had no right to tell him to leave. I did have the privilege of telling him he was going to hell, if you actually are homosexual, you're going to go to hell and spend your eternity there. He didn't last very long. He left. But, you know, he, you got to be patient sometimes with people. We just don't need to jump on them and beat them up. I've known people who went into Catholic churches and busted statues. And I'm like, why? It's not your statue. You didn't pay for that statue. It's not yours. Be patient. Be, be, take your time. They will get there if you give them enough rope or else they'll hang themselves. I, I put that little note in there myself. I probably didn't need that in there, but it just sounded good. Give them enough rope and they'll hang yourselves. Uh, be patient, man. Let the Lord do the work. Verse 15. I want to get on down here. Seeing that, that none render evil for evil. This is Paul talking. Unto any man. That is, oh, that is so hard. Uh, that takes some time, man. That takes some time in life and some grace. But the Spirit of God will not move in our lives. If we can't heed to the word of God, it will not do it. This isn't just for somebody else. This is for me. This is for me. You can say, well, it's not for me. Okay, well, then it's not for you. But if I want the spirit of God in my life, and I really want him to show me what to do, then there are some things that I've got to do. I've got to, I've got to be patient. I've got to render evil. You know, there's sometimes people do stuff to you, and you just want to shoot them. And you can't. And the Lord says, let me have it. Render under, uh, render under uh, see that, that, that none render evil for evil, Paul talking, unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and of men. Go to 1 Peter 3.8. 1 Peter 3.8 is a great passage. I like it. The more I read it, the more I like it. It's a light. We have to change our lives, brethren. If we're going to reach this world, we're going to have to change our lives and our thinking uh, to reach them. Because it's not us that's going to reach them, it's going to be the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, I, you hear people say, well, uh, the Lord is done. He's not done. The reason that we aren't seeing the, I think, the conversions that we could see is we're not letting the Holy Spirit do the job that he's supposed to do. We're trying to do his job. I've seen people try to pastor other people, and they can't pastor them. Uh, I'm sorry, if you're in this church, you're, you're not me. You can't pastor anybody in here. Amen. I'm just going to let you know that. Uh, that's not what God called you to do. I've seen people, people call me up and say, well, you need to go here and see so-and-so. No, you're trying to pastor that person. That's not your job. If that person wanted me to come and talk to them, they'd call me and say, hey, brother, could you come and talk to me? And guess what? I will do it in a heartbeat. But, but somebody cannot pastor somebody else. Because when you do, you're trying to lead and direct them in a direction that maybe the Holy Spirit isn't trying to do that. It's just a crazy thing. The, the way the world, the Lord's got things set up, man. He uses things. He used Balaam's ass. Have you ever thought about that story for just a few minutes? A donkey. A donkey talked to Balaam. and told, Balaam's a prophet. He's been talking to God. He's a Gentile prophet, but he's still talking to God. And he thinks he knows everything. And the angel, the, the ass sees the angel. Balaam didn't see it. You know what that tells you? That sometimes you're blinded by your foolishness. And if you don't get that foolishness out of the way, you get your head cut off. I don't necessarily want my head cut off. I don't want to even eat by a lion. I keep thinking that prophet who went up to the, and he prophesied, and sure enough, he got ate by the lion because he didn't do what he was told to do. You know what he did? He got in the flesh just for a minute. It only takes a minute to get in the flesh, and man, that'll mess you up for a long time. First Peter 3, 8, Peter's talking, and he almost sounds Pauline at this time. He says, finally, brethren, uh, finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Man, that is something... I say it all the time. I say, young ladies, 
If they don't open the door for you, you don't want them. Period. I mean, shut, just walk away from them. It, it's a, they got a character flaw. They're, they're not courteous. It never hurts to open a door for somebody. I've been out to, at the uh, DMV. I was out there the other day getting tags or getting uh, some title work done, and, and this lady walks in like, probably, you know, I don't know, well, I ain't going to say it. But uh, she, she was, didn't look very happy. I opened the door. She worked in the building. She walked in the door. She said, thank you very much. Then the door, other door opened up automatically. I'm like, well, I guess I didn't have to open either door. She goes, well, it's all about the buttons you push. And, uh, but she was happy about that. You know, there's nothing wrong with being courteous and kind. It, it's, it's a lost art that we have today. This world don't know how to handle that. Uh, when you're nice and nice to somebody, they expect you to be mean to them. But when you're nice to them, that might just give you an opening to get something in their hand, give them a gospel tract. But it says, send the, uh, be, just be courteous. Finally, verse uh, 8 says, finally, be ye all of one mind. Everyone in here, we should have one mind. Uh, we all should be thinking the same thing. We should all be trying to serve God, having compassion one on another. <laughs> Brethren, you don't know what anybody else is going through at any given time in this room. And sometimes we're just hurting. People are hurting. And, and the whole world is changing. And we're losing people. They're being the mandate. you got to do this or. Our graders, man, graders will fire you if you don't have the COVID. Graders. I mean, it's an ice cream shop. I'll never go to graders again. Well, it's crazy stuff. I mean, you, and, and you sit there and say, why would, why would that even bother? Because that's a, that's a fear in somebody's life. That's just one little area. There could be areas all over the place. You know, what we ought to be doing is praying for each other, but it, it's going to take more than just praying. It's going to take more than just getting on our knees. It's going to take a heart change and a heartfelt desire to serve God and do what God wants us to do that will work. Render, verse 9, 1 uh, Peter 3:9. render, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. You know how easy it is for me to get mad at somebody? Ask my wife. Ask my kids. They've seen me get mad before, and it was wrong. It was, it was wrong. I should have never done it, but I did. You know what the Bible says, railing for railing. You know what it did? Beth just railed back on me, and I'd rail on her, and she'd rail on me. And, and they always say if you just get a little higher uh, that you can overcome the situation. No, that don't work because she'll get higher too. And then she starts this crying stuff, which is really messed up. I mean, she'll cry, and then that just tears you all up. <laughs> you should never do it. But contrarywise, blessing. You know, if sometimes you just bless somebody instead of rail on them, it might work a little bit better. Contrarywise, blessing. Knowing that ye are thereunto called. I am called to be a blessing, not a railer. Not, some, not evil for evil. It's just crazy, man. It's crazy. That ye should inherit a blessing. You want a blessing? Bless somebody else. Try to find a way to bless somebody else and let God bless you. Try to find a way to actually care for somebody else. And you might find out that God does something. Verse 10, for he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. Now, brother, I've got, I've got a long way to go before that. I know that. And his lips, that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Watch this. Let him seek peace and ensue it. I mean, go after it. Seek after it. Follow after. Try to find it. Diligently ensue it. Go get peace. You know what the thing to do is find, find a way if you get in a situation and the, the whole thing's falling apart. Uh, find a way to make peace about it. The peace of God that passes all the state. Just give it some peace, man. Just, just let it go. What does it matter if I win or you win? What does it matter? It doesn't matter in the, in the big scheme of things. It never has mattered. He said, and he goes, verse 12, for the, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. There's an indication. There's an indication on how you treat other people is, is the way the Lord is going to be listening to you when you get into your prayer life. I always like Matthew eleven twenty five, and I know it's, it's uh, Old Testament. It's, it's in, in the Gospels. Christ hadn't died on the cross yet. But Christ says this, verse 25, 11, 25, and when ye stand praying, forgive. Have you ever been so mad at somebody you just couldn't forgive them? But he says right here, he says, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father, which is heaven, may forgive your, your trespasses. Well, you, your trespasses. I don't know about you, but I've got some trespasses sometimes that I don't want God to judge me on. And I, I'll get mad every now and then. I'll start thinking about this, and I say, Lord, it's just not worth it. And, he'll, and I'm just in there going, Lord, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. It's not worth me being mad. It doesn't do me a bit of good. It doesn't help any of the situation. And I, I just a simple thing is just forgive them. Find a way to forgive. There's got to be a way to forgive somebody. I mean, you've got to give them a chance. He gave me one. 
And one of these days, I'm going to get in a place, and I'm going to need one from him. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Now, I know he's talking to the Jews there. But boy, I'm telling you what, I can sure take that to myself. I know what the Lord is going to do. He's going to, he's going to require of me some things. Philippians 2.3 says this, Let nothing be done with strife and, or vainglory. When you do something, you ought to do it out of meanness or vainness. You should not do it. Vainglory. You should not do it. He says, but in lowliness of mind, let us esteem others better than ourselves. That's a hard thing to do. We just, in this world, we're trained to, to get and get and get. And if you've never had, then you, when you get, I've seen people who they, they hoard stuff. I mean, just fill rooms full of stuff. And you sit there and say, what is all this stuff? Well, they don't know what else to do but get stuff. But you can't use none of this stuff. I know, but I've got to have it. My dad was a hoarder. He taught me how to hoard. I think I'm a hoarder in some degree. Uh, if you look at my garage, you would think I am. Uh, I throw stuff away just to get rid of it, and then I fill it back up again. I just, it's just a habit. But you've got to sit there and look at that stuff. It says rejoice. It's, it says, uh, but in lowliness of mind, let us esteem others better than ourselves, themselves. Have you ever thought that sometimes you just got to treat others better than you treat yourself? You got to look at others and, and walk through this thing. Now, I'm getting to a point. Give me a second. I'm going to bring it to that point. All of this, it takes all of this for us to come. Let me ask you a question. I'll stop right here and say this. How's your prayer life? Really, honestly, how's your prayer life? If you're honest with yourself, I'm not going to ask you to stand up and tell me. I'm just saying if you're honest with yourself, you would, you would say it's this or this or this. Why is it, if, if it's not at a place where you can walk into the throne room of God just like Mrs. Utley like that, why isn't it? Why, why can I not do that? I should be able to do that anytime I need to do that. Haven't you ever just gave a, like a DMI prayer right there? Oh, God, I need this. You shouldn't. Don't you want him to hear that? Do you think about that? Well, there's other things in the Christian walk that has to, that has to happen. Proverbs 20, uh, 20, 22 says this. Say, not, say thou not, say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord, and he shall save thee. Have you ever thought about just waiting on God? Let God have it. Uh, sometimes if you just release that thing to the Lord and say, Lord, look, I, I can't do nothing with this anyways. I don't know all the stuff that has happened on the other side that caused all this. I just know that I can let the, th I can let the thing go. I can let it go and just let the thing go. Romans 10, 16, turn there. Oh, man, you got to. Why? You know, 90% of the time when we try to correct something, we mess it up worse. I don't know if you ever caught that in life, 12, 16. Almost every time, you know, have you ever heard somebody say, I know how you feel? No, you don't. How in the world could we possibly know how somebody else feels in a situation? Even if we went through something very similar to what they went through, there's no way you can tell how anybody feels. Sometimes, I heard old preachers sometimes said, the best thing you can do is just go shut up and sit in a room. And when they ask you something, then tell them. But if they don't ask, you shut up. You'll never, they'll never get it. They'll never. Romans 12, 16 says this. It says, be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceit. Recompense to no man evil. Man, Paul just won't let that thing go. Uh, recompense to no man evil for evil. If he does something to you bad, don't, you don't have to give it back to him bad. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Him and Peter is on the same page. And he goes on, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in, in here's, here's us. I'm just going to heap coals of fire on his head. That's what I'll do. Uh, for in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not come overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Have you ever thought of just being nice to somebody? You never can tell. Sometimes people go through stuff and, and they just get hurt in life. And, and sometimes it, we go in and add to that hurt. And we just keep adding to that hurt. And, and then that hurt comes back on us. The Lord says, let me have it. Just let me have it. You know, he can do a whole lot better with it than you and I can. You say, how do you, what are you saying that for? Because in verse 16, back in Thessalonians 15. Hey, brother, I'm going to be done here real quick. Look at this. I only got like 10 more verses to go. Not really. I'm just joking. 1 Thessalonians 15. I will get everybody home tonight to the barn, as, as Dr. Peacock says. To the barn. I've never had a barn, but if I ever get one. I got a little shed out back. 
First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians five. Let me get back to mine. Do, do, do. Sixteen says, "Rejoice evermore." I was reading Dr. Robin's commentary. He said, uh, "It's self-explanatory." <laughs> I'm like, "How do you figure that one out, man?" I said, "What do you mean that rejoice evermore? Have you ever tried to rejoice at all?" Some people. Like, Gone and bless me. I, you can't. I mean, it's hard to rejoice anymore. You got to look at some things. And just like tonight, I was sitting up here and, and Elizabeth came up. You know, my daughter came and said, Dad, I'm sorry. I said, For what? She goes, Well, she's been sick all last week. She's had a baby. She goes, We don't have any specials today. I'm like, That's okay. That's all right. I've always, I've always uh, pressured them to have three specials. And you hear me come in here and I'll say, They'll do two. And I'm like, Why didn't you do three? Once you get up here, you might as well just do three. Four would be nice. Five would be better. We'd just have a whole song service, and then we'd go home. And uh, they look at me like I was crazy, and, and she maybe thought that I was going to be mean to her. And I'm not going to be mean to her, because I understand. Everybody's sick. And I'm sitting there going, but I'm thinking, I'm saying, Lord, thank you. I mean, I, I just started thinking about all the song services we had. Uh, I feel sorry for y'all. Me, Brother Joe and myself went up to Brother Reagan's, and we had a good song service uh, uh, Friday night. So I've already had a good song service this week. I did. And we had specials. Little young ladies got up here. They sang like little angels, man. I mean, they were great. Uh, sorry, y'all missed out. The Lord said, Mike, you, you want a special? We're going to take you up to Michigan and you can go have some specials. Everybody else just loses. We should have took a recording of it. Rejoice evermore. How do you do that? You know what you do? You start getting this thing and you just let some things go. And you start looking at the little things in life that really matter. Uh, moments, moments in time matter more than anything else. You can't replace moments. Uh, I tell you what, I, I'm having a good time in life. I really am. I, I enjoy going out talking to people. I got Brother Tim Chalfin up there. I'm praying one day he'll come into church and, and actually get in, man. I really, you can see the heart in the, in the guy, but it might take years and I may never see it. Why? You know, if he did, I'd rejoice. I re- you know what I rejoice? I walk into the shop and he asked me to tell somebody about God. He may not be able to do it, but he goes, this guy will tell I remember a time Andrew, I took Andrew, he's a little bit, a little bit littler than he is now, and I took him in the garage, and, and there was this old guy sitting over cussing, and Tim told, told that guy, said, you better shut your mouth, in so many different colorful words, you better shut your mouth. He goes, this is a preacher, that's his son right there. He said, I'll pick you up, I'll throw you out of my shop, you understand? And that guy shut up and left. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, that's pretty cool, man. You say, what is that? That's somebody know, at least they think I'm a Christian, and they think my son is one too. They haven't been around either one of us very long, so they don't know. <laughs> See, rejoice. Rejoice. How do you rejoice? Romans 12, 1 says, 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, patience in tribulation, continue in instant in prayer. Have you ever thought about just praying all the time? Dr. Ruppman always amazed me how he prayed. I mean, that guy's just, just amazing. Have you ever watched uh, watch somebody and you just want to learn how to really do something? And, and that old guy was just different than most anybody I've ever met. He, he wasn't a, a person that was in a crowd all the time. He was kind of a loner. Although he could get up here, uh, you get him up here, and he's, he's totally night and day than down there on the platform or on the ground. Uh, but that old guy, man, he'd look at you, and you just know that in his mind, things are twirling, and they're twirling. And I went to a camp one time, and I, and, uh, I looked over, because, you know, you watch that, there's Dr. Roman. And, brother, he looked back at me like this, and, I mean, I just got the impression in my heart like he was thinking his mind, what are you doing here? Why aren't you out doing something for Jesus Christ? I mean, you can just see it on his face. It's like the guy was sitting there looking at you like you should be doing something for the Lord. Why aren't you doing something for the Lord? And I'm sitting down there, went to my ordination, and man, did I make a mess of that. I can't even tell you how bad I'm. I was scared to death. I mean, to death was death would have been better for me than going through that ordination. And that old man was sitting right about where Joseph was sitting on the front pew and I'm in front of all these people, and I just, I mean, blow it ain't even the word for it. And he looks at me, and he, he says, hey, Brother Elliot. I said, yeah. He goes, how can you prove the Bible's word of God? I'm like, ar, 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 ar. He goes, hey. And he gets my attention. He said, how can you prove? And then I told him. And Brother Donovan was sitting right next to him. He was supposed to get up and preach my ordination. And he put his hand down and said, no. And he gets up and does that thing. You know what an encouragement was, that was for me? That man could have said, hey, you're a moron. Go back and learn some things. You know, I sat on an ordination committee, and I had a guy that was just like that not too long ago. Uh, he could not even hold the Bible open. And the Lord said, remember yours? I said, yeah. <laughs> I, said, I said, yeah, I remember that. And I said, and, and I've asked to ordain this guy. And the person that asked me to ordain it uh, has a reason for it. I said, okay, I'll do it. 
And I talked to him later on, and he told me, and uh, the, the young man got some things right and did some other things, and he's correcting some things. But uh, he's on the field today. I think he's on the field today in a church working. And you say, what is that? That's, that's the Lord saying, hey, uh, I had mercy on you. Did I remember? I had mercy on you. He said, have you ever thought about having maybe a little grace and mercy on somebody else? I said, yeah, rejoice, re pray without ceasing. You're, you ought to try this sometime. We need to have now, I want to talk about prayer for just a few minutes and I'm done. Just a few minutes. If you want to pray, and you really, and we should, we should. There, this should be one of the, the main things in your life. Because no matter whether you're in a jail cell with Silas in the bottom of a prison somewhere at, at midnight, and you're in bonds and stocks, and, and all the jails are closed, and, and all you can do is pray and sing, uh, you can bring the house down. Just two people, you don't have to have a church service to do it. I've watched God do some of the craziest things with a prayer request, just like that, instantaneously, instantaneously. You say, how does that happen? I don't know. Maybe it's just you get your mind set into a prayer, and you're always walking around trying to correct things in your life. And, and that's what I've seen in Dr. Roman, that he was always an isolated man, that he walked around, and he's always, always like he's in an air of prayer in his mind. You see, he never changed. He just kept doing it. And that right there, I'm like, Lord, that's, that's where we need to be. That's where we need to be. That's where we need to be, right there. We need to have a relationship and fellowship with Jesus Christ always in check. Our relationship has to be in check 24-7. It can't be anything else. Brother, when we try to impress others, when I try to prove to you that I'm the great preacher, that I just blew it. I blew it. I am what I am, and I'm not anything else. Jesus Christ knows what I am. He made me just like I am. I need to be exactly what I am. I cannot be something for somebody else to please somebody else. I don't ever have to worry about trying to please somebody else. All I need to do is please Jesus Christ. If I please him, the rest of it's history. Why? Because he's going to guide and direct my steps. It's the Holy Spirit that does it, not me. It's not anybody else. Dr. Rubin cannot direct my steps, only the Holy Spirit. You know what I think he saw? I think he saw the Spirit of God moving in my life. And he says, hey, I want to get in on that with Brother Elliot." Now, he, I mean, if he hadn't done what he did, I, I wouldn't be here today. I'm telling you, right now I wouldn't be here. But he did it. And because he did that, what that does is that's encouraged me for the last 10, 15, 20, and I got it, it was 1990, 2005, six, maybe six or seven that I got ordained. And that, you, I mean, brother, that's been 15, 16 years. And, and that thing is still fresh in my mind, just like it was. We need to have our relationship and fellowship with Jesus Christ always in check so we can walk into the throne room anytime. I like over in Hebrew, he said, go boldly under the throne of grace. You don't have to ever worry about walking into that room. You're, as a matter of fact, you should be in a, uh, an attitude of prayer in your mind driving down the road. I drive down the road pray all the time. I like, like I said, I drove up to uh, Michigan. I had my little Alexander Scorby thing, man, and I listened to uh, 22 or 23 chapters of Genesis, a whole bunch of Kings and uh, some Chronicles, man, and, and some, some Matthew, Mark, and Luke and John. I mean, I was listening to all kinds of stuff going up there. Better than the radio. I actually got up there with a smile on my face. I said, man, this is cool. And no alarms on the van. I was even happier. No hits, no nothing, and on the way, I got to think about the Lord all the way up here. And you start listening about these men and women through the Bible, and you say, man, that's, that's what I need to be like. I need to be like them. I need to be like them. Just regular, everyday people. Just getting up and living. Ephesians 6.18 says, praying always with prayer and supplications in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all per, uh, perseverance and supplication for the saints. Man, prayer is a, is a privilege that God gives us. He wants to commune with us, but he's telling us that it's the Holy Spirit that does it. And if we quench or grieve the Holy Spirit, what we're doing is we're, we're shutting that door down for him. We can get down, people can get down and say, I'm going to pray for an hour. And, and I've heard them say, well, it's like bouncing off the ceiling. Or you can sit down like Mrs. Utley and say, bam, I want to talk to the Lord, and you're there. It's, a, it's an attitude of prayer all the time. You say, why would you say all this? George Whitfield, an evangelist in English, said this. He said, oh, Lord... This is his prayer, one of his prayers, one of his statements in the prayer that he prayed. Oh, Lord, give me souls or take my soul. Do you get the seriousness of that prayer? He says, look, I am here to win souls. I'm here for, to be a soul winner. I'm here to get. Now, this is back in the Great Awakening. I don't expect to have any results like George Whitfield had. But I, I could do what George Whitfield did. I'm like, Lord, take my life and let it be. It's yours. It's not mine. Take it. It's yours and let it go. Uh, Henry Martin, he's a missionary to Indian. He, he cried like, here, uh, here, Lord, here, let me burn out for God. 
Some people say, well, I got to take care of this, got to take No, no, he wasn't that way. You know, I mean, I think I'm a firm believer you ought to take care of your family. I'm a firm believer you ought to make sure. But I, you never should do that uh, if it's going to stop what God wants in your life. If the Lord's not telling you to do anything, then this is what you need to do. But you ought to always be ready to go, man. You never can tell when the Lord's going to call you. I told him a long time ago I was trying to be a missionary overseas, and I just couldn't make it work. And I was in Croatia, and Beth was with me, and I, I thought the Lord was going to let me go to Croatia. Everything was working out. It was falling in place and everything. And, and I was praying over it, and the Lord said, hey, stupid, if you won't be a missionary, if you won't start a church in America, what makes you think you'll start one over here? He said, you can't speak Croatian. He goes, and you can't speak English. He goes, what makes you think you're going to start one over here and bring your family and take care of them? I said, okay, I'll go start one, and here we are. You know what I think? I I'm, I'm keep saying every day, I'm like, Lord, I did what you told me to do. Are you going to make me a missionary now? <laughs> you know, if he did, watch this. Would you go with me? Yeah, my wife would go right with me. I don't have to worry. I, all I have to do is get rid of Esther. If I can get rid of Esther, man, I'm free. I'm free. I can do whatever. She is my last anchor. David Bernard, missionary to the North American Indians. He died over here. He says, Lord, to thee I dedicate myself. Oh, accept of me and let me be thine forever. Lord, I desire nothing else. I desire nothing more. That man died over here to the Indians. You say, why would he do that? Because he got a vision, he got something. When he got a hold of God, he realized that having the Spirit of God in his life and being able to commune with God was more important than anything he could ever have. What's wrong with a lot of us is we let this world start getting in our lives and we start thinking that the things in this world equal to or are greater than what God would have. It is not. Because at any moment, God could call. I have no idea what the next calling of God is going to be in my life. I have no idea. I just need to be doing what he told me to do today and be ready for that thing if it ever happens. And one day he may call and say, hey, come up hither, and I'm gone. That may be the next one. I have no idea. Thomas A. Kempis, give me, give what thou wilt, and then thou wilt. <laughs> See me where thou wilt, and deal with me in the, all the things that, as thou wilt. Do what you want. I don't care what you do. Just do what you want. Do what thou wilt do. I remember sitting on a thing and, and looking for a wife. I finally gave up and said, look, I'm done. And he says, I'm going to give you the wife. I'm going to give you the wife. I'm going to give you a wife. I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. I knew what the desire of my heart was. He didn't say a wife. He said, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. I already knew what the desire was. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, no, stop. No, no, no. I said, if you give me what I want, I'm going to be in trouble. You know what? I bet you the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, his ear perked up right there. He says, listen to that kid right there, man. I said, Lord, I want what you want. Whatever that is. That's what I want. You know what I've had? 32 years of a good life with a wife that loves me and cares for me. 32 years. All because I sit there one night and said, Lord, I want what you want, not what I want. Whatever that is, that's what I want. Good or bad, that's what I want. Because I know if it's bad, you'll be with me through it. And if it's good, you'll be with me through it. And if it's real good, you'll be with her through it. <laughs> you'll help her. Dwight L. Moody, he said this. Use me. Uh, then my Savior, for whatever purpose, and, and, and you know, everybody knows who Moody is, Moody Institute up there. He says, uh, use me, uh, then my Savior, for whatever purpose and in whatever way thou mayest require. Here is my heart, an empty vessel, fill it with thy grace. I'm done. The man led millions to the Lord. That stuff, they gave themselves. They gave themselves holy. You know what? They got a hold of something called the Holy Spirit. They knew exactly what they were getting into. And when they get, they say, well, they're not quite like me. Well, I'm not quite like them. But they're back in a time frame where they reduce it. Martin Luther. Martin Luther's an amazing man. I'm telling you what. The, uh, he, he, was, uh, he started the Reformation. He was back in a time when we didn't have what we have today. And because of him, he gave a lot of courage to a lot of other groups to come out under the Catholic Church. He says, do thou, my God, stand by me against all the world's wisdom and reason. Oh, do it. Thou must do it. Stand by me, thou true eternal God. You have to do it. You know what Martin Luther did? He turned himself over to God. Look what happened. The great Re the Reformation occurred. Every church on the face of this planet owes their existence to Martin Luther because of what he did there at, at, uh, at the 99, the thesis, 99 thesis he tacked on the wall. John McKenzie, O Lord, send me to the darkest spot on the earth. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, you pray, you start praying like that. I did that. Have you ever tried that stuff, brother? It works. It really does work. 
I'm sitting in Great Lakes, Illinois, and I'm sitting there praying. I know that, hey, I got out of the Navy wrong. I was already, you already told me I got out of the Navy wrong. I know I got out of the Navy wrong. You showed me I got out of the Navy wrong. I got out of the Navy because I didn't ask you. And now I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to get this thing straight. I need, and you told me to go back to the Navy. I'm not going back to the Navy because I want to go in the Navy. I'm going in because you told me to. And if I make a choice, somebody's calling me. I thought I left my phone at home. But I ain't going to answer it. I have no idea who that is. So I'm going to turn it down. How about that? Well, I guess I'm going to turn it down. It'll probably ring back in a minute. Dude, dude, I can't turn it down. Maybe I can turn it off. Somebody's out there saying, why would you turn me off? <coughs> Missed call. Anyways. <laughs> now, now, now I've got it. Where was I at? Oh, oh, Lord, send me to the darkest spot on the earth. Anyways, I got to the, I told the detailer, said, send me to a ship. He thought it was crazy. He finally sends me to the ship. And I'm thinking I'm going to go to where they're singing Amazing Grace and praising God and shouting a thousand men. You know, it's like one big church family up there. And it's hell. I mean, it's hell in, on a gray ship. It is, I'm, there wasn't one saved guy on the ship that I could find that would stick out like a sore thumb. And you sit there and go, I said, Lord, what did I do to you? He said, you asked me to send you someplace. And after a while, I started thinking about that thing. I said, Lord, you know what? If, if, I, if I had a, a dumb guy ask me to send him someplace... And I had a place like the Ponce, that's exactly where I'd send him to. And I started laughing about that thing. And I'd skip up and down the hallways of that ship just as excited as I could be. Why? Because I was right where God wanted me to be. No one else around. It was, you're talking about fertile ground, man. It was fertile ground everywhere. You, apparently I didn't turn it down. And it's him again. Probably watching. <laughs> Probably is, man. If you're watching, I can't answer you right now. Call back later. <laughs> what do you do with that, man? It's just wicked stuff. Uh, pray and hide. Pray and hide was one of the greatest prayer warriors ever had. His Father, give me these souls or I die. Now, brethren, if we want a prayer life, it's going to cost. It's going to cost a heart, and you're going to have to isolate yourself back away from some of the stuff in the world and get it out of the way. So you can spend some time in honest prayer. Uh, God does not care about one thing on this planet as far as when it comes to wealth. He could care less about anything on this planet. It has nothing to him. The devil used the temptation of the wealth of this planet to try to lure, uh, lure Christ into failing, but he couldn't do it. Peter, James, John, Paul, they all gave up the wealth. They all walked away from what they had, every single one of them. When he walked by the boats out there, uh, Andrew and Peter were standing, and, he, and they walked away. Helping them, they walked away. John and James walked away from what they were doing. Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I mean, he was out in the top of that thing. He had a career path that was out there. He walked away from that thing. You say, why? Because walking for Jesus Christ was better. What did they find? They found the Spirit of God. Stephen, sitting at the... Uh, getting at the feet down there at Paul watching the guy. And he said, look at him in heaven. He says, Father, he said, into thy hand I commit my spirit. He said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he forgave him right there on the spot. And he gave up everything. He gave up life to serve Jesus Christ. He could have sit there and probably said what they wanted and, and had them shut up. Halfway through his preaching, he could have stopped that thing and just got out of it. But no, he didn't. They said he looked like an angel. The full of the Holy Ghost. Brother, until we get to the place where we're full of the Holy Ghost, prayer is going to be rough. I hear men, when they get, like, they get around Mrs. Utley, they'll say, that, uh, 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 boy, that's, that's a rough one to be around. Dr. Peacock took, took time to take me to the spot where that lady prays. And he wanted to show me something. I was like, man, that's, I don't know right where it is. I got a picture. As a matter of fact, in my phone right now, I got a picture of that spot. And I can look at that thing. I said, Lord, what made that lady become what she was? I wanted to be, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered the heart of men, the things that God prepared for them to love him. Have you ever sit down and said, God, what have you prepared for me? And what have I given back to you? It's, it's a simple thing. It's a really a simple thing. It's an individual relationship with Jesus Christ. People say, well, I want to see this happen. Really? Well, are you willing to give like all them other people gave? Are you willing to give like Martin Luther? Martin Luther was willing to, to risk his life to find out that the just shall live by faith. 
when he understood that thing, he was willing to stand up for it. And I'm here today because of an ex-Roman Catholic priest uh, 600, 500 years ago. And I'm thinking, Lord, what can I do? You know, we can still do something today. It's still available today for us to do. There's people out there that need to hear something. Who knows what God has for any one of us at any given moment, and the thing is still out there. Some of you might end up being a missionary one day. Who knows what God's going to do? The world cannot tell you what you can and can't do. They can't say, if you don't get the vaccine, you can't be. No, shut them up, man. God can do anything. The question is, are we going to do it? Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, help us. And Lord, as we go into 2022, Lord, the prayer life is one of the most important things that we're going to have. Uh, Lord, for by it, Lord, for by it is everything going to be revealed to us. And Lord, the Holy Spirit is the one that reveals to us what we need to see. And Lord, to get that, sometimes we just got to get things out of our lives that are hindering us. Lord, I pray that the Spirit of God move in, in this crowd, move in each and every one of us. Uh, Lord, that uh, we can heed what you say and, and do what you say and uh, do what you will for our lives. Uh, Lord, uh, there could be some other souls sitting there waiting, uh, Lord, for us to do what we're supposed to do so that, that they could get in. Uh, Father, I want to thank you tonight for a church that we can come to. Again, thank you for all the singing we've had for the years, uh, Lord, and uh, thank you for the, the sing, singing tonight of the, the church itself. Uh, Lord, it's just a blessing to be in a, a church on, on a Sunday night and still have a place to come to that's still warm. Uh, Lord, that, uh, Lord, thank you that it's paid off, Lord, that we don't owe a dime on it. Uh, Lord, you've taken care of us, met every one of our needs. Just help us to get to the places in our lives. Uh, Lord, that we don't let this world steal uh, what little time we have left. I think you're coming back quickly, Lord. Uh, this passage starts with uh, uh, that we shouldn't forget, Lord, that uh, one of these days you're going to come back and get us, and, and we shouldn't be taken as a thief in the night, Lord. This is not something that we should let sneak up on us. Lord, we already know it's going to happen. Uh, Lord, help us to uh, get our minds where it belongs. And Lord, again, thank you for the passages through First uh, uh, Thessalonians, Lord, thank you for Brother Paul. And Lord, thank you for a Bible that we can hold in our hands. Most of all, thank you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we'll praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>